Good morning, everyone. I realize it may not be morning where you are, but I am sitting in CRV Studios with the sunlight filtering in from one side window, warming up the car. It's a chilly, wonderful fall morning in San Diego, and life just couldn't be better. <laughs> I'm Ray, and this is episode 100 of Plundergrounds. Plundergrounds. Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon delve, science fiction, watch yourselves. We're gonna keep this one really simple. It's just a celebration of my first year of podcasting and the wrap-up to season one. I've had about a half a dozen people call in, picking out favorite episodes and wishing me uh, heartfelt, uh, you know, congratulations on, uh, well, heart, success is a hard word for me. I was going to say on the success of my podcast, but it kind of stuck in my throat. I, uh, it's humbling. The whole thing's a little humbling. And I realized that I did ask people to call in, so it's a little bit self-serving or whatever, but um, it's it's uh, humbling to me the number of call-ins that I've gotten in general over these last 100 episodes and just how much that's meant to me to have uh, an audience I can interact with, not an audience that I can that I can lord over or talk at, but an audience that actually is making meaningful connections, you know, with me and that I'm making meaningful connections with them. Often they are other podcasters whose podcasts I listen to and feed off of and get great ideas from. So uh, it's been a really special experience for me, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. In the meantime, let me let you listen to them. Ray, it is Judd from Daydreaming About Dragons, and I just listened to your latest episode in which you said you were restarting the podcast, and I'm looking forward to hearing what that sounds like. Uh, will there be new structure or uh, different types of topics, or what, what, what is the restructuring going to look like? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's definitely something I've been thinking about, uh, especially because with Anchor, they ask you to do seasons, right? So everything I'm doing right now is season one, and I'm wondering how or if I'm going to change things for season two. So anyway, it's on my mind. Looking forward to seeing what your next chapter brings and uh, keep on plundering the grounds and watching out for rust monsters and all that. So, looking forward to hearing from you. Congratulations, Ray. It's the centenary of Plundergrounds. And I just wanted to call in with my top picks from the back catalogue. Episode 8, Micro Champions 1, Lasers and Feelings, back in October there. This episode was masterful, in my opinion. You talked about John Harper's Lasers and Feelings. Whenever the subject of that game comes up, I always refer people to your podcast and I've listened to it myself no end of times. I thought it was a great analysis with advice on hacking, and I'd never heard anything like it. The second one I want to pick is episode 15 from November. It's Plunder Pit, and it was our crosscast. You um, put up the second half of our chat talking about art school, and um, I wanted to mention that one just because I thought we had a whale of a time. Hope you do many more, Ray. Hello, Ray. This is Evelyn. It's for your 100th episode. So I just wanted to say that your podcast was one of the rare role-playing game thing that I was still uh, listening to uh, 
when I was trying to to move away from the role playing scene uh, this December, uh, and yeah, so I, I kept contact through the role playing games uh, with your podcast. It was really nice. I liked how it was uh, super friendly and positive, and I, I like your energy overall. And so it kept me interested a bit in role-playing games during that time when I was trying not to think about them. And yeah, and so it, it helped me after that to, to connect back with role-playing games. Uh, yeah. Hi, Ray. It's Goblin Sentryman here. Uh, just a quick voice message to say um, I'm enjoying the, uh, the Plundergrounds podcast. Um, I find them always very interesting and uh, in, in some ways strangely fulfilling um, in an RPG sense. <laughs> um, I've sort of been listening to the, the back catalogue in a kind of a binge fest, so all that, all the things that I wanted to save sort of all kind of got muddled together and uh, can't, can't quite remember what I, I would otherwise ask you in a direct fashion. It's a bit silly of me, really. But anyway, um, probably highlights for me that I can remember. I enjoyed the uh, audio book one. I had some comments about that, but uh, I think, to be honest, I think you probably hit, hit it on the head better than I could just by reiterating some of the things you said. And um, uh, the review of the 19 hex flower thing that I, that I made, that was that was interesting and gratifying to see. So I'm glad you like that. Anyway, thanks a lot, fella. Cheerio. Bye. Hey, Ray, I'm super excited for your 100th episode. I was thinking about what my favorite ones have been. And in general, I would say the ones where you get sidetracked and end up talking about really odd things like strange things that people have done to worms. (laughs) Keep up the great work. Hey, Ray, JJ here. In celebration of your 100th episode, I thought I'd take a trip down memory lane and pick three of my favorite episodes of Plundergrounds. I've chosen one from each third of season one, early, middle, and recent. I'll list them in chronological order because it's so hard to pick just one as the absolute top choice. My criteria for selection are episodes I've revisited from time to time in the last year. One of my early Plundergrounds favorites is episode 19, Dice, Tables, Right-Sized Mechanics, and RPG Feasts. It's one of my favorites because there is so much great content in this one episode. I love your insights on why dice make good oracles for RPGs and how that dovetailed so nicely with your thoughts on why we use tables in RPGs. Um, the random kind, not the four-legged ones we roll dice on. I also love it because you are quintessentially you. You're windowing out stream-of-consciousness storytelling. Your wonderful analogy of the RPG feast is so enlightened and genuinely heartfelt. And finally, I love that you answered some call-ins and practice what you preach about the podcast being a dialogue, just like when we're at the table together. Next up is episode 67, 10 Foundational Fantasies. This is a great take on a personal appendix N. I love that you share your love of literature, all of it, not just fantasy. I've not read all the books on the list, but I want to just so that I can talk with you about them. So we're two episodes down and one more to go in my top three favorites of season one. 
The selection process is more difficult as we get to your most recent episodes. You are really hitting your stride and finding your voice. My final favorite, for now, is episode 83, Characters in Motion. I love your ideas on emerging characters and stories, and I found that has given me much food for thought. Not to mention the idea of Worf as a samurai. You do so many things right in Plundergrounds, from answering call-ins to promoting noteworthy products and podcasts. Your cross-podcast team-ups show how much you value the many voices in the RPG community. Here's to a great first season with eager anticipation for your second. Hey, Ray, this is Angus just calling in to congratulate you on finishing up episode 100, closing out that first season, and heading into season two. Man, from bio dungeons to delving deeper, from melee play to urban druids, from that you have covered the gamut, my friend, and I want to thank you so much for getting us into this podcasting world. Kirby's Kids wouldn't exist without you. And again, best wishes to you. And as I am looking at your body of work here, I have to say I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed teaming up and providing that Gary Con coverage for the listenership. That was a blast, and that trip as a whole was fantastic. And also loved our world-building session, too. So thank you for including me in the trip and journey, and I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you so much, Judd of Daydreaming About Dragons and Spike Pit, uh, Colin Green, Evelyn. Evelyn, I hear, has a podcast in French. I wish I could access that better. <laughs> Maybe I can run it through some kind of translator. Uh, I, I feel very special about um, helping Evelyn through a hard time there. She was, like many of us, uh, going through a little bit of toxicity from just being too overexposed in social media, I think, to the kind of ugliness of others. You know, that's a place where it just pops up and can really cloud our feelings about people in general. And she kind of swore off RPGs at one point, right at the height of a lot of creativity for her. And I was worried and concerned and sad by the fact that she was disappearing from the scene a little bit. So I'm glad to have helped her through that. I um, think she would have made it through it without me, but uh, I need to be a part of that. So Evelyn, thank you for calling in. Goblin's Henchman, uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, there was something you said. Oh, yes. You, you called my podcasts strangely fulfilling. If I could pick two words that I would want to, to describe my podcast or what want somebody to say that would be it I, I'd love to stick that underneath uh, you know Plundergrounds strangely fulfilling <laughs> in an RPG sense I believe that's what you said I think that's fantastic if if I continue to achieve that I will I will feel like I've done something right uh, Logan uh, as always a good friend of mine uh, got together in the zine years when you know in 2000 17 when I started the Plunderground zine uh, as a fellow fan of Dungeon World and you continue to be a real positive influence on my life. Thank you for calling. JJ um, and Angus, of course, my gaming group. Uh, thank you so much for being part of my gaming life over the last year. 
and having a regular game with you has meant a lot to me and traveling with you. Uh, it's just awesome. I'm gonna, I, since this has got a little bit personal here, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the list. Judd Carlman, uh, you inspired me to, to be on the air period, right? Uh, Sons of Cryos was an amazing podcast. Your new podcast, Daydreaming About Dragons, is awesome too. I love that. And um, I love all your podcasts. Um, uh, everybody who called in, Spike Pit, and uh, let's see, we got uh, Kirby's Kids and um, uh, Swordbreaker. For the life of me, I can't remember what. Uh, does Goblin's Henseman have a podcast? If it is, what's it called? Oh, that's sad. Oh, that's sad. I should know this. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, I listen to so many podcasts, and they really are just like a part of the thread of my life, and uh, especially my role-playing life. And it started with Sons of Cryos and uh, Have Games Will Travel and the Durham 3 and Board Game Geek back in the day. Geek Speak, they used to call it. And then it became Board Game Speak, and then I think it petered out. I don't think it continued. But uh, there were just so many podcasts back in the... Gosh, what was that? Mid to late 2000s when I first started listening that really fired up my imagination and made me a better gamer. So thank you for all that and thank you everybody for calling in. Um, if I were going to go through my personal list of bests, you know, there's just a couple things that stick out in my mind. I didn't actually go back and study the list or anything. I thought it was better just to, to re rely on memory. Um, I have enjoyed talking books. That's been a neat little sidetrack for the podcast. I feel like it's not core to the podcast, but I do love being able to talk books with people. I think that's just amazing. It's always been one of my favorite activities. Um, I enjoy the times when I stretched and did a little bit of things like the... Um, the ogre recording, the dramatic recording of the intro text to ogre, that was good fun. And then Angus and I did some with Wizard and Melee. That was super cool. I particularly like the episodes where I get a little dreamy, uh, like the Downside Up episode, or when I talk about Nemo, or the the Clerics episode where I talk about worms and experimentation, like bio uh, healing as a form of like um, mutation. Uh, husbandry. <laughs> uh, those th those have been special to me. Like to kind of, kind of get me in a liminal space where I can just come up with um, just uh, uh, externalize weird ideas that are running around in my head. And the fact that people also enjoy those, uh, you know, it's, it's strangely validating to say really weird things and then have people tell you that they were awesome. So. <laughs> uh, I do think the episodes where I got the chance to break down systems that I love and, and really like, like the uh, Lasers and Feelings episode or talking about Ogre or Wizard or, or um, breaking down Dungeon World or delving deeper, those have been a lot of fun for me. So analysis episodes. Um, and then maybe uh, JJ captured it, uh, you know, as much as anybody when he said dialogue, that, I, that it's become a dialogue. I definitely feel that. And I just think that's one of the most special things about being a podcaster through the Anchor system. Let me take a moment. Uh, this is going to be really unabashed crowing, I think. I don't mean to... to um, I just want to externalize this. I, I, the numbers kind of blow me away. And I'm not doing this to uh, exert some form of pride or uh, to, to, you know, to, to try to compare myself to others. I really don't know the numbers of others. I actually had a conversation with Spike Pit at one point where we talked numbers, but that's been only the only time I've asked another podcaster what their results have been like, really. Uh, in depth, and uh, his are very similar to mine, so which deservedly so. He's got a very great podcast, and I'm just I'm floored by the numbers that I'm seeing in 
in my over the last year, right? So I'm I'm closing in on some really round numbers, which it feels really fitting for the end of season one. I've got just a couple hundred shy of twenty thousand plays. It's nineteen thousand five hundred seventy nine plays uh, of my podcast, which is incredible. I mean, that's insane when you think about it. If my average podcast is a little over twenty minutes, that's a lot of hours, you know, that people are spending listening to me. And I hope it hasn't done them irreparable damage. Um, <laughs> my audience size is estimated at around 148. Now, who knows where um, or how they calculate these statistics, but man, 150 people listening. Wow, that's amazing. And I know that I get about that many listens per episode these days, you know, after after a month or so after they've been out and people have caught up. And um, that is, I look at that as a responsibility so if that many people are giving me their time, I need to do good things with that time. And to help people be more uh, more of a... I, I need to be more of a positive influence on gaming. Uh, to help people bring awesome ideas to the table. To help them learn to be um, expansive and inclusive. And uh, kind and innovative and all these great things that can come about as a result of gaming ways we can express ourselves at the gaming table. So I want to do that. I consider that my mission at this point. Another interesting thing to me has been uh, listenership outside the U.S. So only about 71% of my listening comes from the U.S., uh, about 7% from Canada, or sorry, 4% from Canada and 7% from the U.K., which together, what does that make? 83%? So that means there's another... There's another um, 17% of my audience that's coming from uh, probably non-English speaking places or uh, English speaking places abroad, you know, broader than Canada and, and the UK. And that's pretty cool. That's really cool, actually. When I start to see some uh, odd, oddball countries pop up, it's uh, it's that... That's uh, mind-boggling, right? That can only happen in this age. It's going to only have happened in the last couple decades, really, in terms of the connectivity that we have worldwide. Um, I can remember the days. You know, I was a kind of a first wave, or maybe, I don't know if you consider it a second wave gamer. I started in 1977 with... Um, Metagaming and and uh, the Holmes Blue Book and Advanced D and D as it came out and uh, but you know board games and war games before that even and it was just an age when we didn't have all this connectivity you know your circle of friends and your local hobby shop was it and uh, I living in the middle of Indiana I always felt like we I always felt behind the curve um, I'd be listening to music and just assume that the rest of the world had heard this music you know, years before me, and then I was always behind. Uh, later in life, when I look back, I realize I actually got to some things pretty early, and it kind of boggles my mind how I did that from the middle of Indiana. I just happened to glom onto weird things, I guess. I was always an edge case uh, in terms of my buying um, predilections. But it, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so connectivity, you know, it's just, it, it's it's boggling now how much we can be a community that small numbers, um, Small numbers back then were, you know, were, were a problem because you were in a localized area and you couldn't reach out, right? But now small numbers are not a problem because when you add small numbers up from all different parts of the world, you make up a very large number. And as gamers, we have gained so much power through the internet that I hope that continues and I hope um, politicians don't mess all that up and, and internet service providers don't mess all that up. But we'll find a way to continue. The hobby will grow. The hobby's strong. Um, it doesn't always head maybe in the way we'd personally like it to, but that's, that's life. You know, you can't control things. Goodness. Let's just be happy that it's strong. And 
Um, it's super cool that I'm a very, 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 very small part of that. Um, I, it's uh, gratifying to me to have a bit of a name in the, you know, in the in the uh, most what uh, minuscule way possible <laughs> that every once in a while I'll meet somebody who actually listens to my podcast that I didn't know before. Uh, and, uh, we have that connection immediately and that's incredible. That's awesome. I don't think of myself as more important than anybody else. I certainly am not more important than anybody else and not as polished as many people. And, uh, certainly not all of my ideas are gold. Um, I throw out things. I had a interesting discussion with, e- with evil Jeff, um, Last night, uh, actually, is that Evil Jeff or it's, it's Jeff of Jeff and Liren, uh, Jeff of the, um, oh shoot, I'm going to forget the name of his podcast too. This is a problem with not scripting anything, uh, writing notes down. Uh, well, I'll put it in the show notes. I'm sorry, Jeff. I don't know why you, the name of your podcast is just dropping right out of the back of my head, but we had a discussion, um, on me on, uh, no, the audio dungeon discord in a chat last night. And uh, he said he was listening to episode 99 and I already had him shouting at the phone several times. (laughs) I was like, oh no, what were you shouting about? And uh, we had this cool conversation about pre-generated character sheets and how uh, he did not agree with me when I uh, said that, you know, um, I didn't like pre-generated character sheets that... uh, that do too much directing of the the player, you know, put them in a too tight of a bin or whatever. I forget how I said it. And he explained himself and it was very good. Actually, he had a very valid point, which was, you know, a character sheet can help you stretch, right? Um, you get a character that you weren't expecting and it helps you like take on a role that you would not have thought of taking on before and becoming something bigger. Now I'm putting words in his mouth. This is what I heard him say. This is maybe not what he said, but this is how I understood him. And I thought that was a great argument. And we came down to the conclusion that it's not about how much direction the character sheet gives you. It's the GM expectations and result. So I don't like programmed characters um, and programmed scenarios that sort of interlock. Meaning if you hand me a character sheet that has some sort of background nugget in it that has to come out for the adventure, right, for us to take the right turn at the right moment, then that's a problem because you've predetermined my choices. You've programmed me. But if you give me a very uh, full character sheet with interesting motivations and such, and then let me make of it what I will as a player, that is not programmed. And that's the kind of distinction we came down to. I thought it was really helpful. And another example of how you know, putting thoughts out there and dialoguing can make you a stronger, more self-aware, um, more accurate thinker. And uh, just I really appreciated that. So I think I've uh, rambled on long enough. And I know I should, probably shouldn't use the word ramble anymore. Rob C. had a great comment about that a while back, how, you know, rambling uh, is seen as a negative these days, but um, verbal rambling, it's, it seems pointless meandering, but it's not, right? Like meandering, wandering around is is a wonderful thing. We don't wander enough. And uh, there's great songs about it. You know, Lord, I was born a rambling man, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's it's good to ramble. We get to interesting places when we ramble. We get to places we never would have gone before. And I look forward to rambling more in season two. However, uh, a Jed's a Jed's call in, by the way, was actually from way back around, I don't know, episode 80 something where I had talked about being a little overwhelmed by my backlog of call ins and giving myself permission just to move forward and kind of restarting. Uh, but it seems really suiting to place it here at the end of all things. It's uh, a f- phrase that'll ring with you Tolkien people. Um, to talk about what season two is going to be like. And for me, I, I'm just looking for um, 
an honest, simple podcast, right? Where it's putting out my honest thoughts, wherever my thoughts take me, wherever the readers, readers, wherever the listeners who call in, um, take me, you know, with their thoughts and continuing the dialogue. I do want to try to keep the episodes just a little bit shorter than they've been recently. I think the sweet spot is right around 20 to 25 minutes for me. Uh, so I like to keep it there because they end up being simpler and more focused podcasts, which I like. I've got some fun little surprises planned. Um, and, uh, we're going to go into, at the beginning here of season two, we're going to go into Arneson Appreciation Month. Uh, so I'll do a few episodes about Arneson and his spirit of, um, I, I guess I was going to say, if I were going to write a book about Arneson, it would be called Arneson Instigator and Innovator. Uh, and I want to talk about those two words a little bit and his influence on the hobby and, and where his place is in history, who he was as a person and why um, he was the right person to, at the time, to serve as a catalyst for this thing that has now become uh, a worldwide ph uh, phenomenon that we call role-playing games. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll just see where it takes us from there. So looking forward to season two, looking forward to continuing the dialogue with you all. Thank you so much for your support. Those of you who have been on uh, my Patreon and, and uh, chip in a buck or two a month, you're super special to me. You make a lot of things possible. Um, it helps me to continue to create both the podcast and uh, my little uh, zines and micro games that I put out on occasion often feature art uh, that I bought with that money or uh, are in response to rule systems that I picked up with that money. I use it to fuel my hobby. I don't use it in any other way. Um, it's strictly to feed back into whatever it is I'm doing that I make public. And it's not always easy being a person who puts things out in the public. Um, I think Evelyn uh, will, will tell you about that and everybody else who called in as well that when you put yourself out there, you open yourself up to criticism. You open yourself up to judgment from people, um, opinions that are a little rough to hear. You know, um, something I learned in our schools about how to take crit crit criticism well. And I think I've gotten a little rusty at that over the last few years. Um, so it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, humbling. It's sometimes, uh, depressing. <laughs> That's not the right word. Uh, deflating. That's the right word. Sometimes deflating, uh, but also elevating and exciting to put yourself out there. And uh, those of you who've supported me on Patreon are a big part of why I continue to put myself out there. So thank you for that. I don't like to... Um, uh, promote that too much just because I feel like that's a, well, it's just something that, uh, I, I don't know. I feel guilty about taking money for anything I do. This, I, this is, I have issues. I have Midwesterner issues. You just have to deal with that. Uh, I'm going to apologize a lot and I'm going to feel awkward about everything that I do that <laughs> it just is who I am. It's part of my nature. So, Hey, uh, this has gotten out of control. I, <laughs> End of, imagine that, the end, the end of season one, out of control. Uh, that's awesome. All right, I'll leave it there. Um, but as always, you know, the, the takeaways from season one, put some dice in your pocket, you know, be a gamer, wear the gamer flag, um, you know, just uh, uh, get out there and show people your love of games. This is uh, Read an RPG in Public Week, I think, so it's a good time to say that. And as always, as always, you got to watch out for those rust monsters. Don't let the rust get you. Rust never sleeps, right? You got to knock it off all the time. You got to keep yourself fresh. You got to scour your hide uh, until it's a little raw to keep all that rust off. Uh, break out of patterns. Don't, uh, you know, get up, move around mentally as well as physically. And uh, just don't, don't let them get to you. 
all right? Don't don't let it creep over you and, and make you stiff and uh, cover you up in a way that you can't um, be fresh anymore. So look out for those rust monsters. <laughs>